have a great dude in frog, as I like to say, in Trent Russell. And Trent and I, I think we met via LinkedIn through our awesome sort of audit groupy group. Um, I start the podcast new this way. And the way I start it is word association. Okay. So when I say fraud, what do you think? Uh, The F word. (laughs) Okay. How about ethics? Uh, Joe Irvin. Oh, I like that. Joe. Um, TV detective. Uh, Monk. Or Monk came first, but I think Columbo, if I had to go back, I would I would go Columbo. Oh, that's so funny. Brian Willingham also said Columbo. Mm, that's what, that's uh, my mom raised me on Columbo. OK, OK. And um, are you a Mac or a PC person? Uh, PC. PC. Oh, that makes me sad. Oh. Yeah, I, we, I try, we had one. I tried. It was just like the the family laptop and. I was like, it's just too much more to learn. So I'll stick with what I know. Ah, um, who makes better embezzlers, men or women? Oh, good. Um, I'll go men. Oh, interesting. Men steal. Hashtag men steal more. You know, I am the fraud hashtag queen. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> and what is some of the best money you have spent personally or professionally? Um. Personally, a gym membership specifically because this one has a sauna. Oh, okay. And so even if I don't lift or run or do something at the gym, getting in the sauna, it, like when I get done, I do 20 minutes as, high, as hot as I can. Um, and when I get done, it feels like you have that, you know, like the post-workout after you've got your breath, you know, that feels good, whatever that is, uh, comes I get the same feeling. And so even if I don't work out, I'll be like, Hey, I'm going to the gym. And then I'll come back and my wife will be like, how was your workout? And I was like, I sat in the sauna for 20 minutes. It was fantastic. Uh, and so, so the, the gym membership with a sauna is probably ultimately I would like to have one at my house, but it's not practical right now, but, um, that's the best money for me. Oh, that's so funny. Um, I like it though, because I think when I was on your podcast, you were out like running at the beach during the beginning of COVID. Yeah. Gyms are closed. So I had to, and I do not like running, but it was that and yoga, uh, off a of Peloton was basically all I could do. So, um, my goal is to be able to run for 45 minutes straight and I'm gonna put run in quotes. I know people can't see that, but it was, it was hardly a run. Um, but yeah, so that was the, I, I ran and then gym, when once gyms opened, uh, I kind of got back into gym. Cool. Okay. So Trent, you, this is the time for you to give your 30 second or up to the top of the Eiffel Tower elevator speech. What do you do? I am the founder of Green Skies Analytics. We work with internal audit departments uh, and compliance. Uh, we, we typically say compliance, you guys are cool too, so we'll work with you. But we work with internal audit departments and build really their data teams or their data uh, programs within internal audit. Okay. And how long have you been doing that on your own? Uh, we've been doing that for a few years now. Uh, prior to that, I was in public accounting doing SOX IT, uh, SOX IT audit. And then I did analytics while I was there, helped try to get analytics within the external audit process, which is a, a little more difficult, I guess, than it is doing it for internal audit. But um and so that's kind of where like the analytics background came from was from working in public accounting. And then I just took it and um, everywhere after that, that I would go, I would 
do data analytics until I found a position that said, hey, this is a full-time data analytics for internal audit. And so I did that for a few years before uh, jumping ship, I guess. Was um, there a specific reason you jumped ship? Have you always been entrepreneurial or? No, not really. It was actually someone that I used to work with in public accounting who was like, I was the manager, he was the senior, and he was already a hardcore data guy. And he came from a uh, another firm and they brought him in and said, we really don't know how to use him. We know we need to use his skill set. Trent, you know this, keep him chargeable. Was <laughs> and so I said, all right. Um, and so that was the plan. So I basically just staffed him on all of my stuff. But we got to know each other through that, uh, through working together. And so we both left the firm around the same time. And he sent me a message and said, hey, if why don't we do it like we used to when we were in public accounting, you do all the management stuff and talk to all the people and I will sit in a dark closet and I'll just write code the whole time. Um, and, Cause that's what he likes to do. And that's what I like to do on, on my side. And so uh, he was really the one that kind of made it happen from that, that perspective. I don't know if I would have done it otherwise. Um, and then just through that, it, um, I guess I don't like to give up on things and so I just kept doing it. Oh, that's cool. And you didn't say you have the audit podcast, which I have been a guest on. And I have my, I love audit because they always want to make things better saying that you sent to me. Yeah. How many episodes are have you done? I think today we publish every Tuesday. And so I think today was episode eight, is either 88 or 89 today um, that doesn't feature some special one-offs also. So I think total it's uh, around a hundred, but um, guest like this, this is usually how ours go to. We have a guest on, we talk about internal audit. Uh, we have 80, 88 or 89 of those. That's awesome. I, I think I this is the, this is coming up on the two year anniversary. Cause I know, I think it was March of 2020 is when we published the first episode. So pre COVID or we recorded it. Mm pre-COVID. But then by the time we got all the editing done and pieced it together for that first episode, because I didn't really know what I was doing. I didn't know how to edit anything. Um, it wasn't actually ready until COVID. I think actually we we recorded the first episode and then I realized I had to get more guests, obviously. <laughs> so I remember, I think it was the first or second day of Every, you know, the two week period when everybody was home, I just started sending people messages on LinkedIn to see because I was like, oh, we need more people. Um, so it was just before COVID. OK, OK. Um, I love the graphics that you use for your podcast, by the way. Thank you very much. I will tell Mary Charles that you said that I have very little to do uh, with the graphics. I just go and she, the good thing about working with somebody, and we've been working together for a year and a half now. Um, once I realized I was not a video or audio editor, I needed to get someone to do that. And she's just kind of the uh, triple threat. She can do the video, audio, some graphic design stuff. And so I'll go, Hey, I saw this thing. I kind of like it. Can you make it similar? Add your own touch. I don't even, there's some stuff I, I got to the point where I was like, I, you don't even have to send it to me anymore. Just do it. And you know, uh, I'm sure it'll be fine. So when you do your data analytics and you see something that you think is fraud related, what, what do you think? Like, are you as excited as I am? Or are you like, Oh, is this an aberration or is this I have, I would say initially years ago, I would get really excited. And then I realized most of the time there's a reason for whatever it is. 
a lot of the times it's because I didn't understand the business well enough. Like I would just, you know, it, I just want to be like, just give me the data. I want to play around with this first and I'll come back and ask you all my questions based on, you know, what I find. Um, and so, yeah, I used to, I used to get so excited be like, Oh yeah, we got it. And then I would go ask him and like, Oh yeah, that's how we always do this because of this, this, and this. And I go, Oh, okay. Well, never mind then. And so I, <laughs> I, I, I get less excited now because I look at it and go, okay, there's probably a reason for that, but um, maybe there's something there. So. Oh my gosh. That's so funny. So, okay. This, because I'm doing a bunch of podcasts like in a row. Um, are you watching super pumped Uber? I'm not familiar with it. Oh, okay. So it's on Showtime and it's the story of Uber and Travis Kalanick or whatever, however you pronounce his name. And last night's episode shows him getting, having to sign off on things that were expensed during an insane party slash orgy uh-huh. uh, and okay. um i just the thing i thought of when like they're horrific i mean you know public nudity charge and um you know keg in the bottom of the pool blah 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 all this sort yeah. of stuff my mind goes to like what are the auditors gonna say when they see stuff like this or is he actually going to try and write this off on Uber's taxes. Right. So you got to watch it just for that. And plus, I think it's good. I think it's good. I think I um, saw it. Advert- I saw it advertised the other day. Um, and so that we'll we'll put it in. the We'll put it in the queue. There's a thing about the Lakers that's on HBO right now. So that's kind of where I'm at right now. Uh, oh, but, OK. But I'll throw it in the queue uh, and be able to, I'll check it out. OK. And, you know, um, Joe Irvin, uh-huh. uh, we do fraud in pop culture. Is there anything else that you like are binging or that you watch that kind of has to do with fraud in the audit world that has to do with fraud and audit. I don't think so. I, I really don't binge that much stuff anymore. It's mostly like my wife will. And so if I'm walking through, like I might have my laptop in front of me and she'll go, what do you want to watch? And I go, I'm I, what, I don't care. Like literally put on anything. And it's usually the housewives or something. <laughs> Which is great because I don't pay any attention to it. Well, I guess I don't know. I'm sure. Actually, I know. I don't know the names, but I know there's been multiple people on the housewives whose husbands committed fraud, or I think one of the wives committed fraud too. So, I alleged, guess I am alleged to have committed fraud. Yes. Oh, okay, okay. Uh, well, <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm not. I'm not up to date as to uh, the the wheelings and dealings of the housewives and their spouses, but. Um, uh, no, I don't think so. The only thing that I've binged and it's not at all related is something, uh, Valhalla Vikings show. If you like historical fiction it's oh. on Netflix, I like historical fiction stuff. And, uh, it was really, really interesting. And I, I, I knocked that out in about, uh, three days, which is, which is pretty unusual these days, but. Oh, okay. Um, when you were, if you could look back at your 18 year old self, do you think, that this career would be anything that you envisioned? I didn't think I'd be an audit. That's for sure. Like, I don't think anybody grows up going, I'm going to be an auditor. Um, but I know when I was 18, let's see, what did I start doing? Oh, I was a biology major. I want to be in science like that. I loved science uh, and chemistry and biology were my favorite subjects in school, uh, high school. And so that's where I started out. Uh, I ended up in computer science. So that's kind of sciencey. And then, um, from that, the tech background ended up in public accounting, but I would I wouldn't have been surprised that I was in data at eighteen. I would be very surprised that I was in data for internal audit 
Okay. Um, what are some of the resources that have kind of helped you to this point? And I'm going to say in your very successful career. Ah, thank you. Um, books that like, I, I feel like, and it took me a while to almost realize this, that you think about data and tech, you're, you're probably going to go on the internet and find something, but there's still a lot of good books around data. Like you just Google data books. And so it's something that I've seen in working with some of our clients who have young or analysts that are relatively fresh out of school. I'm like, Hey, what, you know, what books do you read? And they're like, well, we don't read books. We just use the internet if we want to find the answer. And I'm like, I know. And it took me a while to figure it out too, but I promise you books are so much better than most of the time what's on the internet. Um, Cause there's so much more context in the book. The stories are better. Uh, and so when you read a story, it kind of, you know, it kind of sticks with you more as to why that maybe time management technique or whatever is beneficial and how it can help. And so um, books specifically, I'd say data books, a specific data book would be a book called Data Teams uh, by Jesse Anderson. It's uh, it's a bit of a load. If you're not into tech or data at all, you're probably not going to make it past the first chapter. Um, but it's 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 a really good one that I would recommend. And then outside of that, really online. Um, not webinars. Um Things like Udacity, Pluralsight, those types of uh, websites are really helpful when you have a specific tech thing that you want to learn. Those are really good for getting kind of the foundation in there. So I, I use those a decent amount as well. Okay. Do you have a favorite tool? Oh, I've started asking people that on my podcast. I should have a much better oh my answer gosh. for this. Um, so I did, oh, we did a pot. Oh, we, you and I talked about this. Okay. I did a podcast around December, um, about that. My six favorite tools, one of them, uh, I don't think any of them were data related, but, uh, one being LastPass. Yep. I got that. Love that. And so that's a password manager. You remember one password. You don't have to remember a password again for the rest of your life. And they're super secure. I think you can do up to 50 character long passwords uh, and you only have to remember one ever. So I highly recommend that. And then the one that I think you and I talked about afterwards was saying later. Yep. And so for uh, people that get like I sign up for every vendor related to data, bots, RPA, I sign up for all their email lists because I want to know what's going on. But I also don't like having to see that in my inbox. I'm very much an inbox zero person. So saying later basically um, has an algorithm that says, hey, we know this message is not from an actual person to you, Trent. You're not going to care about it. We're going to put it in this folder over here. And then every, I don't know, two or three days, I'll just go to that folder, scroll through and go, oh, I would like to read more about that, whatever it was. Um, so those are some of my favorites. I'm trying to think. I really don't do a lot of apps on my phone. Yeah. Um, if you're, if you're looking to get into, uh, lifting at all, there's one called strong lifts for like beginners. It's just called strong lifts. Really, really good. Um, and other than that Peloton app, because it has the, my favorite yoga instructor on it. So I like Ooh, that. Who's your favorite yoga instructor? You had to ask. Um, I can picture her face and now I can't think of it. That's, uh, I have my Peloton bike. I have to admit, I haven't done the yoga on it, but I'm get I'm getting close. It's they're really good, especially my yeah. favorite person is Kristen. Yeah, that's it. Okay. Okay. Cool. Um, 
yeah, I love my Peloton. I, you know, the weather's gotten a little better here. So I've been going outside a little bit more, but uh-huh. um, I'm taking off on a trip on like Thursday morning early. So I'm like, eh, I can't do my hour and a half outside. So uh-huh. I'm just going to do a hard half hour inside on the Peloton. So we don't even have the bike. We just have the app. Oh, okay. Yeah. I got the, bu- the bike was my Hanukkah present from my husband. Nice. Because the weather kind of turned a little bit bad. Um, What are some things you're researching right now? Things that you're curious about? Uh, Data literacy for auditors. Ooh. I've got that tab open right now with my notes in it. So very nice, uh, nicely timed question. Um, And really where that's coming from is the the clients that we work with that have data analysts on their team, like they have the full-time data person, which is somewhat uh, rare um, still just because of a talent gap really. But um, what I've heard from multiple uh, folks that have that are, hey, we have this data analyst person and our financial auditors, our operational auditors, like whatever you want to refer to them, they aren't coming to the data analyst and going, I've got this audit coming up. These are the controls. Like, I think we could use data in this way or this way, or I want this continuous monitoring solution around this risk or whatever. Um, and so that's what that's what the, the challenge has been, is how do we get non-data people to at least be able to understand it enough to be able to go to the data person and go, I had this idea can you build it, you know, et cetera. And so that's, that's the, the big research project um, that I have at least for the next probably three months, two or three months. Okay, cool. That's awesome. That is, yeah, I, I, I totally get that. So I was just consulting with a client and one of the things was, um, and, and this would seem basic, but they were paying for apparently a lot of subscriptions that they no longer were using. Mm-hmm. And like, you know, it's a smaller, a smaller entity. So it was kind of manual, but like, I mean, I sat there and I was listening to it and I'm like, okay, so now this is a silly thing. And and you can tell me if this is a silly thing. So what if you were paying for an app and could there be a way where it's like, there's something running in the background. They haven't opened this app for three months. It sends an email and says, are you still using the app? Yeah, I would actually assume that something like that has already been made. Yeah. So, well, they clearly didn't have that. Have that. <laughs> Even if it has, they didn't have it. Yeah. Yeah. So it's just like, I mean, I have that where I'm like, oh, am I still actually using that? But I mean, yeah. that's, you know, so can the financial analyst go to the auditor and say, is there, are, do you see things that like we're not even utilizing that we're actually paying for monthly? Or, you know, or what are some of the increases that we're seeing yeah. on the subscription side? Can you flag those? So we certainly, know. yeah, certainly increases. Uh, yeah, I guess you wouldn't really know if they were using it or not. So that would be difficult. But I mean, you could absolutely go through and go, hey, we see this repeated service every month, whatever, whatever it is. Um and especially if you have whoever the business unit is, or if we're talking even on P cards, like, you know, who owns the P card, that would be super easy to go. Hey, by the way, did you know you're spending this much every month on this thing? Are you using it? Yes or no? Yeah. 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 Well, things like that, that like, I don't want to spend brain power on, but yeah, um, yeah I don't want to spend any brain power on, but you know, it would be nice to know. Sure. And it should be automated. Yeah. So. 
Yeah, it absolutely should be automated. So who's someone you look up to in your field? Oh, there's a lot of folks. Uh, I think because of the podcast, I've met a lot of people that I probably wouldn't have met otherwise. And so I'll I'll, I'll go um, top of mind because I talked to him this morning. Larry Harrington is um, he was the former CAE at Raytheon, former, I think, IIA. um, I know he's on the board. I think he chaired it for a while maybe just IA North America. I can't recall now, but um, I've talked to him a couple of times. And like I said, he is retired, but he still like coaches, like does career coaching for internal auditors. And I said this on the intro when I was talking to him, I was like, he's one of the most like motivating people I've ever talked to. Even when we're just talking like audit stuff, you know? Um, and within the first like five minutes, I, you know, I asked whatever question to him and he answered. And I, I said, that was exhibit A of you being a motivational person. He's a big, he references Tony Robbins a decent amount. I've referred to him as the Tony Robbins of internal audit. Um, Ooh. And, and so he, he, he has that, I don't know, feeling. And he's very, very much a uh, people career person as far as like, he told this great story today. He had somebody on his internal audit team that decided she wanted to be a nurse. And Larry's like, sweet, let's see what we can do to make, to make you a nurse and like help them become a nurse. So completely out of his field that helped her become a nurse. And now she's like the, she leads like the nursing unit or whatever for like a a huge hospital and is super successful because of it. So um, he's definitely one as far as like his attitude and the impression he made on me. I know when I talked to him, he was talking about, especially when you're leading a team, like when you go in to have whatever your meeting is, you almost, if you're in a terrible mood, you put on a fake smile anyway and, and kind of rally the troops. And so I, I told him, I said, I think about that constantly. I'll go into a meeting, especially if it's with a client. Um, and it's just like, I'm drained. I don't want to do this. And I'll just, <laughs> just like throw a smile on. Um, and it usually puts me in a better mood anyway. And so, um, so he's he, like, he gave me advice that literally has impacted me. And then I think in, in turn, and I think if I show up with some level of enthusiasm, uh, could impact somebody else. And so it's, um, I don't know, he, to summarize Larry Harrington. <laughs> Oh, that is awesome. Okay. I'm going to have to check him out. I might put a little link to his LinkedIn. He's on LinkedIn. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Um, uh, what do you think people struggle with when they decide they want to become data analytics wizards, as I call you? Yeah, at, it's the, you're going to hit a wall at some point. Like it's not easy. There's some tools that made it easier, but for the most part, it's always been, you basically have to be a programmer. You have to okay. be able to write code, write scripts. And that's not It's not easy. Uh, I'm not saying you have to be brilliant uh, Harvard grad or anything like that to do it, but you definitely have to stick to it. It's not something that you can just pick up, work on it some here and there. And so I think what happens is people will like go to the trainings and usually those trainings, the data is super clean. You don't have to do a lot with it in terms of like all the kind of, can I cuss on this show? Yeah. Okay. All the kind of like pain in the ass stuff that you have to do to get it to where it needs to be, to where you can do the fun stuff and like find the fraud and all that. Um, and so usually the data is perfect. And so you don't have any problems. There's no like wall that you hit. It's just like sunshine and lollipops. And then you get back in the real world 
you get that first data set and you're like, this is nothing like what we just did. Um, I don't know where to start and maybe they even start, but I, I feel like a lot of times people go, yeah, I'm done. Like it's, it's, it's hard. <laughs> and so then they stop. So I tell, I try to tell people that up front and just let them know like a protocol they can do is three times a day, 20 minutes a day, break it up across the day, whatever works for you. Jump in, especially if you have like an online course that you're taking. So it's got some structure around it. Just do 20 minutes, three times a day. Uh, and there's some science around why 20 minutes and three times. And anyway, um, do that long enough. Eventually, you know, it'll, it'll click. Okay. Okay. Um, so do you listen to other people's podcasts? I listen to that usually has to be pretty highly recommended. Um, And there's one, I think I recommended it to you on LinkedIn a while back and I'll give you a specific episode. So it's called the, I think it's the Huberman podcast, H-U-B-E-R-M-A-N. If you just Google Huberman, you'll find it. Um, And it's, I think they do like an intro episode, an actual episode. And then, so the episode number two is the one about sleep. And he's like the Dr. Huberman is like this sleep expert uh, out at Stanford. And um, the specific episode talks about, and this is what I think I was telling you, basically, if when you wake up, go outside in the sun and the way the sun hits your eyes causes your body to go, Hey, we're awake now. Start doing all this stuff. Start processing this stuff. Start, I don't know, creating stomach acid because it's almost time to eat. Uh, shut down the thing that's making that uh, I forget. I forget all the chemical names, but shut all that stuff down because now we're awake and it sets. It starts that biological clock of hey, in about 14, 16 hours, we're going to start going back down. And it's 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 made a huge impact on like my mood throughout the day. Um, and so anytime somebody asks me about a podcast, that's the one I recommend. I, I sent it to my brother the other day because he was asking me and I was like, just listen to this one. It's like two hours long. It took me a week to make it through. But that single episode has probably made the biggest impact uh, on me for a podcast. Yeah. So I'm learning all about sleep hygiene. So I need to go back to it um, because I've always been a really good sleeper. And then obviously this last year, life got thrown for a wrench. So my sleep habits have gotten not as good. Yeah. Um, and so, and Ashley, this past weekend, I was listening to how I built this and mm-hmm. I'm not sure which episode it was. It was about sleep. So maybe it was Huberman. Who knows? I'm going to have to check that out. I've never been a good sleeper. And so that's why I've all, I've done the weirdest stuff here. I can show you this. Nobody's going to see it, but <laughs> you see this. Yeah. Okay. It's supposed to be, you plug it into the wall. Uh, for those that are listening, it's like a black pad. Uh, and the, science, which was paid for by the company that made the thing. So take that for what it's worth. Um, says that like the electrical currents that run through the earth are replicated when you plug this thing in. And so the example they gave is when you go to the beach and your feet are in the sand, you're getting the electrical currents and that's what makes you so tired, not the sun that beats down on you. Um, so anyway, I've tried, you know, this thing was like 20 bucks. I was like, whatever, we'll try it. So I've tried all kinds of voodoo, weird, Oh, science things to help my sleep going to bed at the same time, waking up at the same time, sunlight right after has been the best thing I've ever done. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Biomats, but really expensive. Uh Yeah. 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 Okay. So in wrapping up, 
what haven't I asked you that you're like, oh my God, why hasn't she asked me this? I, I wouldn't expect you to act, ask this, but I've been wanting to be asked this question in front of some kind of audience since I was in the seventh grade. And I'm going to, I'll keep preempting this. If you want to pull up a calculator, either on your phone or okay. on your laptop. Okay. Um, I used to daydream about it happening like in a job interview where I, I, I can't even remember this, the weird scenarios I'd, I'd have to come up with, but like I wanted to be able to do it then and people just go, that's brilliant. You're hired, you know? So I'll, I'll, I'll get there. Are you, uh, are you ready with your calculator? Yeah, I got my calculator. Okay. Um, so I very much like doing math in my head. My wife likes to take me shopping with her because she'll go, hey, this thing is 20% off. This thing's 25% off. What's the total plus the tax? And I'll tell her. And so my favorite number is three. I like to multiply things times three uh, for like years. Anytime I saw a number, no matter where or what it was on, I'd have to multiply it times three in my head. And so I like to do anything less than a thousand. So this is what we'll do. You type in a number less than a thousand and then tell me, and then you hit times three and we'll see if I can answer it before you can answer it. So you go ahead and type the number in. Okay. Tell yeah. me, and then hit times three and we'll see if I can do it. 986. Oh no, 298. Oh, <laughs> I've never done it in front of people. <laughs> You're close. Keep going. Two, nine, five, eight. Yeah. Oh my God. Okay. Were you on your computer? No, no. Okay. We're going to no, try it again. Hands free. <laughs> okay. Uh, the next number is 358. 1074. Oh my God. You're like a savant. <laughs> I've just done it so many times. Driving down the road, seeing a license plate, I would have to do it times three. Um, and so, the, and there's tricks that you kind of learn also. And so I can do it with two, three, four, five, six, seven, the weirdest number in the world. Um, so okay. seven. I was going to say, one. what if it's times four? But okay, you already covered that. Yeah. Okay. So anything times four is just times two twice. So 58 times two is 116 times two is 232. Okay. Oh my gosh. So this is like a party trick. I guess so. Yeah. Yeah. You're like a party trick. Yeah. You're definitely a party trick. This girl I dated in high school, the first time she met my parents, my dad was telling her about it or so, it somehow got brought up. And she thought that yeah. we'd put on this like elaborate scheme <laughs> to like trick her. Like the whole family was in on it. And I was like, it's uh, no, it didn't go that far. But anyway, so I've oh never been, God. I've never been able to, uh, I've never been in a uh, position to, to do that in front of uh, any kind of audience. So thank you very much for letting me do that. <laughs> oh my God. That is so funny. Um, I love that. And I love number three. So I could see why you started with number three. Yeah, oh my I'll, gosh. I like three and nine. Those are my three favorites. And nine. Okay. I like three and seven, but you said seven's a little bit trickier. Seven's so. just a weird number. Okay. It's a weird number. So I wonder if more people like odd numbers than even numbers. Well, set like anything, if you do like six, that's two times three. So you can do whatever the number is times two, then times three. But with seven, half of it is 3.5. And so five times seven is three point or it's 35. So you're back to where you started. There's no like you always end up multiplying it times seven. There's no way to like break the number down. 
Yeah. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Okay. <laughs> I'm going to remember to be in the podcast somehow. Okay. Thank you so much, Trent. This was awesome. Um, we're going to have links to uh, the audit podcast, links to Trent, um, all sorts of awesome links. And thank you again. I can't thank you enough for being on and sharing your magic skill with great women in fraud. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. Uh, I like the format of your show very much. Thank you. It was fun. an auditor now? Trent always makes me question my career because I truly can see myself as an auditor. He is just such a nice guy. He also is my go-to guy for anything data analytics related. Super Pumped is so good and continues to be so good. We crashed so good. I can't believe how Hollywood is going all in on fraud, but I guess that's not a surprise because everyone does love fraud. The Ozark final season second part trailer just came out and oh my gosh I cannot wait I started the book The Art of Insubordination by Todd Cashton I heard him on a podcast I got the book immediately highly highly recommend it check it out have a great week read a book listen to a podcast and thank you so much for your support <laughs>